A big dog was trotting home one afternoon with a fine steak firmly in his jaws. Well, happy with his fresh find, he crossed the little footbridge and stopped to look into the water. And when he looked into the water, he saw his reflection. Now, he assumed he was looking at another dog, another dog who had a steak in his mouth. And with the distortion of the water, it appeared that the other dog's steak was bigger than his steak. So, you know what he did? He opened his mouth to grab the bigger steak from the other dog. And when he did, his steak disappeared into the pond. Just when he thought he was going to get more, he ended up with less. He ended up with nothing. May I say to you today, friend, we're a lot like that dog. Now, we listen to that story and we look at that dog and say, how dumb is he? Going after a bigger steak cost him the steak he already had. But before we laugh, let's think about ourselves for a moment. How many have dropped their family while grabbing for a bigger career? How many have dropped their fellowship with God while grabbing for uh, more trinkets and more toys? How many have dropped their Christian testimony while grabbing for that shady under the table deal? In other words, how many have dropped the treasure that they had grasping for something they thought was really going to be better and ended up losing on both counts? They go home empty handed and empty hearted. Joe Stoll said none of us are free uh, from the inner search for more. It may be the unending search for more significance, more pleasure, more satisfaction of our passions or more platforms for our pride. The urge for more is seduced by opportunities all around us for more power, more possessions, more money, more fame. He said even the craving for more peace and comfort can consume us. We're running around frantically looking for a bigger stake, looking for that big stake we want to get. Our lives are filled with busyness. We're busy working every waking moment. To earn enough to pay for the house and the cars and the stuff that we bought, which we don't have time to enjoy because we're so busy working, we can never be in the house or drive the car because we're trying to get enough to pay for them. When we're not working all the time or running our kids around making sure that they have every advantage and they're well-rounded, that they have every opportunity to make it in life, that they one day can be as busy and as unsatisfied as we are. And they're exhausted and you're exhausted. And it seems there's no way to get off of this ride. In reality, we become busy trying to become somebody. We're trying to find true satisfaction. We're trying to find true significance. And meanwhile, our relationships are in shambles. And we're left scratching our heads wondering, is this the American dream or the American nightmare? Let me ask you something, friend. Is this really... What life is all about is life really just all about grabbing for a bigger stake and then a bigger stake and then hoping somewhere down the road we have time to eat that steak before we die. Is that the sum total of our existence? Listen, some of you are exhausted this morning. Rest is a foreign concept to you. You're tired. You're depleted. You're done. Rick Warren, I was reading, said there are three kinds of fatigue. I thought this was interesting. 
He said, first of all, there's physical fatigue. We understand that tired muscles. You might have been out raking leaves or picking up pecans or whatever. And you may be pulling or lifting or whatever. And you're tired physically. He says that can be you know, replenished pretty quickly. You get a good night's rest and you feel better. He said the second kind of fatigue is emotional fatigue. That is, there's a tiredness in your emotions, in your feelings. Then he said, thirdly, there's a spiritual fatigue. And that is having a dry spirit. And he said, this is the deepest kind of fatigue there is. He said, you may need a vacation, but a vacation will not help with the last two, the emotional and spiritual fatigue. You need more than just time off to recharge your emotions and focus your spirit. You need a relationship to God. You can take a two week vacation in Tahiti, but when you come back, you're still going to have the same problems. The pressures are still going to be there. It means more than just taking time off. It means readjusting my values and exchanging my pressures for God's peace. Let me ask you, though, are you tired? Are you tired physically today? Are you tired emotionally today? Are you tired spiritually today? May I say to you, beloved, you need the shepherd. You need the shepherd. We're continuing our study this morning in our series. We're calling gifts from our shepherd. And we're looking at the different gifts in the most beloved passage there, Psalm 23. Today we come to verse 2. And verse 2, we find this gift. We find the gift of rest. The gift of rest. The Bible says in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Now look at verse 2. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Let me ask you something. How do you enjoy the gift of rest? I think all of us say, yeah, I want the gift of rest. How do you enjoy it? Well, I think there's three ways or three things that must be in place for you to enjoy this gift. Are you ready for it? Number one, make sure you know the shepherd. Make sure you know the shepherd. We mentioned last week, these gifts are for the Lord's sheep. You have to be in his flock to get them. Listen, listen to the, the words of our Savior shepherd in Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Come to me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Listen, you're burdened down with sin. You're burdened down. You have no, no rest, no peace, no hope. He is the answer. He is the Savior. He's the one your soul is longing for. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. He was born of a virgin, our Savior shepherd. He lived a sinless life. He voluntarily laid down his life on a cross. He shed his blood and then he arose and he did that for you, friend, because he loves you. He loves you that much. And he wanted to give you peace and rest for your soul. Peace with God. If you've never done so, beloved, I invite you today to turn from your sin to him. Cry out for his pardon. Cry out for his forgiveness. Cry out for that peace and rest for your souls. If you don't know the shepherd, if you're not in this flock, I invite you to come today. He's yours for the taking. 
Isaiah 53, 6 says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. John 10, 15 and 16 says, as the father knows me, even so I know the father. I lay down my life for the sheep and other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring and they will hear my voice and there will be one flock. And one shepherd. Make sure, if you want this rest, make sure you know the shepherd. Do you know him today? Is he your Savior? Is he your Lord? Make sure you know the shepherd. Now, when you have that settled, are you ready for this? Number two, make sure you follow the shepherd. Make sure you follow the shepherd. Look at verse two again. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still water. So the picture here in Psalm 23, 2 is a pastoral scene. Can you see it in your mind's eye? These green pastures, these still waters, and the shepherd has taken them into this place. And there they are. And they follow him. John 10, 27 says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. John 10, 3 and 4 says to him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them. The sheep follow him for they know his voice. Follow the shepherd. Now, let's be honest. What happens when a sheep stops listening to the voice and following the lead of the shepherd? That sheep gets in trouble. Well, what happens when a believer When a Christian ignores the voice of their shepherd, what happens? That believer gets into trouble. Brother or sister in Christ, if you're exhausted today, trying to find your own way on this journey, the fault lies with you, not the shepherd. You've chosen to follow your own way. Perhaps you've wandered off in the wrong direction. Perhaps you've ignored the loving calls of your shepherd. Perhaps you've decided to feast on the poisonous weeds of this world rather than the green pastures and still waters. Listen, he's calling for you, Christian. He's calling for you. He loves you with an everlasting love. He desires to lead you into these green pastures and these still waters. He longs for you to have rest today. I say to you, follow your shepherd. Forsake your stubborn sin. Forsake going your own way and follow your shepherd. Maybe you're here today and you're you're a believer. You know Christ, but you're backslidden. You're resisting the spirits working in your life. You're resisting. You know that there's sin in your life and you're uncomfortable and you're miserable and you don't even be here today. Listen, he's calling for you. He says, follow me. First John 1, 9 says, we confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You're not enjoying that fellowship with the shepherd today. Listen, I say to you, come to him. Confess it. Forsake it. Come back and get into fellowship with him this morning. I haven't seen it, but I understand at one time there was a cartoon that appeared in the New Yorker magazine. And it showed an exasperated father and his prodigal son. And in that cartoon with the exasperated father and the prodigal son, this was what it said. This is the fourth time we've killed the fatted calf. Now, listen, God does that for us over and over, doesn't he? We wander off. We go our own way. And then we come back and he receives us with loving arms. And he's there as he, he loves us. He welcomes us back into fellowship. 
Maybe you're here today and you're a Christian. But you be honest today. You're out of fellowship with God. Yes, you're going to heaven. Yes, your sin is forgiven. But you're out of fellowship with God. I invite you today. Come to the shepherd. He's waiting. He loves you. He wants you to enjoy this gift. To enjoy the gift of rest, you have to make sure you know the shepherd. You have to make sure you follow the shepherd. Now, you ready for number three? Don't miss this one. Make sure you feast on the shepherd. Yes, I said that right. Make sure you feast on the shepherd. Now, this is where we kind of part ways with the way a normal shepherd and his sheep might operate. Make sure you feast on the shepherd. Now, notice it says in Psalm 23, too. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Now, here's the question. The natural question is, what are the green pastures and the still waters and where are they? I mean, if he's going to lead us to these places and we're going to find rest, where are they? David Roper said, what is the reality behind these metaphors? He says the real thing is God himself. He is our true pasture and our pool of quiet water. He is our nourishment, our living water. If we do not take him in, we will starve. There is a hunger in the human heart that nothing but God can satisfy. There is a thirst that no one but he can quench. Now, if we're going to have rest today, we have to feast on our shepherd. And he said, that sounds weird, preacher. Feasting on our shepherd. That just sounds strange. Well, jot down these references. Listen to these passages. I read them. I think it'll become even more evident. Jot down this reference. Psalm 34, 8 through 10. Psalm 34, 8 through 10. Listen to what it says. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you as saints. There is no want to those who fear him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Jot down John 635. Listen to this. It's the words of Jesus. John 635. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Jot down John 4, 13 and 14. Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water shall thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Then jot down this reference, Psalm 42, 1 and 2. As the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? We're to feast on the shepherd. He is the one who is the green pastures and the still waters. Elsewhere, Christ says, I'm the bread of life. If you drink of me, you'll never thirst again. Now, we're going to talk about how to feast on the shepherd in a moment. But let me share with you something that I learned about sheep. Now, I'll be honest with you, I've never actually been a shepherd of literal sheep. I I have a flock here that I'm a shepherd over, but I've never had real sheep. But I I read it from a man who did, and uh, maybe he still does, I don't know, Philip Keller. And he said that there's a strange thing about sheep. He says because of their very makeup, it's almost impossible for them to be made to lie down, to get a sheep to lie down, unless four requirements are met. Number one, they've got to be free from fear. If they're concerned about predators and all, they won't lie down. That makes sense, doesn't it? They, they don't have any defense. Uh, they're not going to rest. They have to be free from fear. Secondly, they have to be free from friction with other sheep. 
You know, they like to butt and try to get, you know, head sheep and all. And if, if that's going on, they, they can't rest. They can't be made to lie down. Third, they need to be free from flies and parasites. We like that too, don't we? Um, might think of little annoyances and nuisances, if you will. And then the fourth thing that must be met is freedom or free from hunger. If they're hungry, they won't lie down. Now, we could preach on all four of those. There's a good message in those four. But I just want to focus on the last for a moment. Free from hunger. Free from hunger. Now, think about this. You're restless, friend, because you're hungry. You're hungry for God. And what we do is we try to fill that hunger with everything else. Some people might try drugs, alcohol. Some people might try working, uh, career, climbing the ladder. Some folks try to fill it with toys and trinkets and uh, big boy toys and all those things. But in all reality, you're hungry for God. We're out looking for bigger stakes like that big old dog. But here's what we need to do. We need to seek time with our shepherd. <laughs> Hebrews 13, 5 and 6 says this. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. Now listen, for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. Helper, I will not fear what can man do to me. Psalm 23, 1 says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Psalm 27, 8 says, when you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. You see, Constable was right. He said contentment has nothing to do with how much money we have. It has nothing to do with how much money we have. Though the world generally does not recognize this fact. He says this, we have the Lord. And with him, we have all we need. We talked about that last week. We have the Lord. Remember the little girl I told you about last week, the four and a half little girl who said, I can quote the 23rd Psalm. And she got up and said, the Lord is my shepherd. That's all I want. And she sat down. We need to learn that. She's wiser than we are. The Lord is my shepherd. That's all I want. Now, rather than contenting ourselves with our shepherd, our loving, gracious Savior shepherd who loves us and leads us and gives us everything we need, we're out looking restlessly for bigger stakes. The biggest stake we can find. And what do we do? We're like that dog. We lose on both counts. We lose on both counts. We enjoy what we had and we lose out on what we thought we could get. We sacrifice our fellowship with the Lord, trying to find significance, trying to find satisfaction. And in the end, we end up frustrated and exhausted and defeated. And I say to you, friend, if that's you today, come feast on the shepherd. How do we do that? How do we feast on the shepherd? Well, I want to tell you. A.W. Tozier was right. Here's what he said. He said, God is a person. God is a person. And as such can be cultivated as any person can. That is a friendship with the Lord. Now, let me ask you, how did you get to know your friends? I hope you have some friends. How did you get to know your friends? Well, you met them. And then to really get to know them, you had to do what? You had to spend time with those friends. And here's the amazing thing, isn't it? The more time you spend with a friend, the better you get to know that friend. That might be good or bad, depending on who your friend is, right? And if you want to get to know your friend even better, you spend more time with them. If you really want to get to know them, go on a trip with them, then you'll really get to know them. But listen, let's get real deep theologically here, okay? 
I want to share with you how to feast on the shepherd. Now, buckle up. We get real deep for a moment. How do we enjoy this rest? How do we feast to the shepherd? Number one, spend time with him. Spend time with him. We might call this a quiet time, a devotional time, a prayer time, a Bible reading time. Whatever you want to call it, you spend time with the shepherd. You spend time with him. And while you're spending time with him, number two, you listen to him. You listen to him. How do we do that? We do it through the Bible. God speaks to us through his word. I hope God's speaking to you right now. As you hear this message, as you sit in Sunday school, as you listen to Christian radio, whatever, as you spend time reading God's word for yourself, you're listening to the Lord speak to you. You listen to him. You take in what he's saying. And then let's get even deeper theologically. Third, you talk to him. How do you do that? It's called prayer. You pray to him. And you cast all you care upon him for he cares for you. He's your shepherd. He wants to know if there's some flies, some parasites, some little annoyances flying around in your life. He wants to know if you're fearful over the predators. He wants to know all these things about us. He wants to commune with him. Feast on the shepherd. How do we do that? You spend time with him. You listen to him speak to you through his word. You talk to him through prayer. And just like any relationship, this takes one thing. It takes time. It takes time. Which brings us full circle, right? We just talked about it. We're so busy, we're tired. You say, preacher, I don't want another thing on my to-do list. Listen, friend, the Lord is not an item on your to-do list. And if he is, you need to hit your knees in repentance. The Lord is the total sum of our life. Spending time in his presence is the greatest joy we can know. Now, I ask you, do you know it? Do you spend time with the shepherd? Make sure you know the shepherd. Make sure you follow the shepherd. Make sure you feast on the shepherd. By the way, Charles Stanley, I think, is right. Charles Stanley once said this, one of his life principles. He said this, prayer is life's greatest time saver. Think about that for a while. Chew on that a little bit. Prayer is life's greatest time saver. We often think opposite. I don't have time to pray. I'm too busy. Friend, you don't have time not to pray. You can't be too busy for prayer. Chew on that a while. Do you need rest this morning from the busyness and barrenness of life? We're about ready to speed it up, aren't we? Christmas time. Oh, let's get it going, right? We've got to go here, thither, yon. We've got to go all over the place. Listen, you need to spend time with the shepherd. Do you want to know freedom from the barrenness and busyness of life? Three things. Make sure you know the shepherd. Do you know him today? Is he your savior? Is he your shepherd? If not, come today in repentance and faith. Secondly, make sure you follow the shepherd. If you're not today, come today confessing that. Believer, come today. Get that right. You may have come here out of fellowship with God. Leave here in fellowship with him. Thirdly, make sure you feast on the shepherd. Spend time in God's word. Spend time in prayer. Spend time with him. Let him grow you. Let him teach you. Walk with him. Not just... One time a day, but all throughout the day. You can pray all throughout the day. The gift of rest. It's yours today. Will you take it? Will you unwrap it? Will you enjoy it? Do you know the Lord today? Every head bowed and every eye closed. And I wonder before we close our service today, do you need to be saved? 
In a moment, we're going to open the altar up and we're going to sing a closing hymn. I invite you, friend, if you don't know Christ, come today. Allow us to share the gospel with you. Secondly, if you're backslidden today, would you come and make that right? Would you come and kneel at this altar and say, Lord, I want to be in right fellowship with you. I confess my sin. I forsake it. I want to walk and follow you. And then thirdly, maybe you're spiritually barren today. You haven't spent time in God's word. You haven't been praying like you ought to. You haven't been spending time with God. And your life is just dry today. Your spiritual life is dry. It took a lot even to come to church today. Would you come today and would you cry out to the Lord and recommit your life to spending time with Him? Father, we love you and praise you. Thank you for the gift of rest. Lord, rest for our souls and salvation and then even a rest day in and day out as we trust our shepherd, the Lord. We trust you to guide and provide for our lives. Work in this invitation, I pray. May your will be done in the Savior's name. Amen.